0: This message was presented at the GYC 2015 Conference called Chosen Faithful in Louisville, Kentucky. For other resources like this, visit us online at www.gycweb.org. Good morning, everyone. We're going to get started. Good to have you. Good to see you this morning. Um, My name is Gregory Jackson, and um, this is uh, session number one. And it is the breakout session called "The Missing Ingredient." Um, as we go along, I mean each each one of my seminars will build on the next, and each one will bring an aspect that that is a little d- different from maybe from what you heard, because you know there as i as I introduced the session yes yesterday evening, the question that has always perplexed me, being fourth generation Adventists is why hasn't Jesus come yet? And um, you know, I'm really tired of preaching about it. I want to do something that ushers it in. And I believe that God has given me the missing ingredient because something is missing. Because the Lord wants to come, He's waiting on something, and and I believe that the Lord has given it to me as I share it, you decide it will be a little different because insanity is doing the same thing over and over, expecting different results. We have to have something different, but not so different that it changes the pillars of truth. But as we have this, you're going to find out that this is the key. I believe it with all my heart and I've 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 I have done 36 years of ministry. There's one of my members there, and the Lord has impressed me to come out of that and to transition into this phase where I can go wherever needed to spread this as well. So, but but let's get into it. I don't want to talk about. I want you to hear it and judge it for yourself. As it bless, if it blesses you, spread the word, because I'm convinced that this is it, folks. And I'm ready to go home. The missing ingredient. What is it? Now, let me hold, hold before, I, before I get there. Let me ask you, <clears throat> and don't worry about the answer because I want you to just give me the traditional answer so that I won't put anybody in, in jeopardy. What have you been told that what, when you ask, what is Jesus waiting for? What do you tell, what, what, what do you think that is? No That's the right answer. That's the right answer. We're going to move from that. But I'm glad you at least had that basis. This is good. I'm glad because most times people say he's waiting for us to take the gospel into all the world. And that's the wrong answer. That's a result. The cause is reproducing his character. Then it will go. But even though we say that, we focus on getting the message out. Evangelism. And really, our vandalism is based on the Laodicean attitude. We're rich and increased with goods. We're okay. And we need to straighten the world out when the church is dying. And we need to first get our house in order. Then this gospel will spread so quickly it will blow our minds. So here's what we're told. Here's what we're told in, in, in... in, in, in first, second Peter three nine. You're all very quick. The Lord is not slack concerning his promise, as some men count slackness, but his long suffering to us would not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. But the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night, in the which the heavens shall pass away with great noise, and the elements shall melt with fervent heat, the earth also, and the works that are, that are therein shall be burned up. Now here we're coming to the reason. Seeing then, and all these things shall be dissolved, what manner of persons ought ye to be in all holy conversation and godliness, looking for and hasting until the coming of the day of God, wherein the heavens being on fire shall be dissolved, and the elements shall melt with fervent heat. And then hear this, nevertheless, we according to his promise look for new heavens and new earth wherein dwelleth what? Wherefore, beloved, seeing that you look for such things, be diligent that ye may be found of him in peace without spot and blameless. Now, here's the question. Without spot and blameless. That's a scary thing to say sometimes. Because people have taken that and gone all kind of directions. But let's look at it and see. Because what is it that keeps us from being without spot and blameless or what is it that will make us without spot and blameless? Here it is. When the fruit is brought forth, and this is the answer you gave, immediately he putteth in the sickle because the harvest is come. Christ is waiting with longing desire for the manifestation of himself in his church. When the character of Christ shall be what? Perfectly reproduced in his people, then, then he will come to claim them as his own. Now, that tells me that the key to hastening his coming is not working on getting the gospel out. It's working on getting the character reproduced in my life. When that happens, when that happens, then God will work mightily, And this gospel will go around the world so quickly. We're always measuring where we have preached the gospel. So we still have to get it here. We still have to get it there. I tell you, beloved, we can get it there and it won't change anything. We have gone, we have have it right here in the United States in our own churches and look at the state of our churches. Something different. Something is missing. What is it? What is it? When the character of Christ shall be perfectly reproduced. How is it re- perfectly reproduced? That's a key question. How? We hear what all the time. We need more of the how. Here it is. Well, I'm going to carry on with this a little further. It is the privilege of every Christian, not only to look for, but to hasten the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, where all, where all who profess his name bearing fruit to his glory, how quickly, the whole world would be sown with the seed of the gospel. Quickly, the last great harvest would be ripened and Christ would come to gather the precious grain. Christ in me equals G-Y-C. That's the key to this generation doing what your goal is, ushering in his coming soon and very soon. But it's Christ in me. Now, let's go. We're going to go. And I'm going to tell you, this session, it's not going to all be done in this session. This thing, one, and 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 and, and we're going to go further and further into this truth. And each time, each with each session, it's going to get a little deeper. And I'm telling you, you're going to see why the Sabbath is the seal at the end. But the, each block has to be built on the next block, on the next block. Now. We see that. We've already said that we got to show in our lives. So the preaching done, the preaching is this lets us know the preaching is not done with our lips. It's done more so with our lives. Amen. And that's why the gospel hasn't really gone around the world. It can't go around the world until we reproduce his character in our lives. And then when people see Jesus in us, they will see the gospel walking in living live and in living cover. That's what the world is waiting for. We talk about God and then we act like the devil. Let me ask you something. If somebody was selling you a beauty product and they looked as ugly as sin, would you buy it? They're looking to see the gospel. They're looking to see Jesus. And they ought to see it in those who claim to be his remnant church. All right. So how does that happen? That's the key. How? I'm not going to talk about just the what. I'm getting to what right now. But as we get further into this, it's going to get more and more the how. And the last session will be a practical uh, thing where I'm going to sh- really get into the how and where you ent- I'm going to entertain questions. Here's what Jesus said. Here's because th- we're going to see the story of the rich young ruler. What is the what is the missing ingredient? Jesus is going to give it to us in this story. Here it is. Um, um, I need to re- make sure I'm on target. I told you to remind me every five minutes, but somebody remind me when I'm about fifteen minutes because I get caught up. But I wanna, I wanna bring some certain things. Yes, yes. Okay, All right, there you are, right there. All right. Here's Jesus. I gotta roll now. Here's Jesus. And behold, one came to him and said unto him, Good Master, what, what, good thing shall who do, shall I do, that I may have eternal life? In other words, he said, What do I have to do? eternal life now he's not just talking about living forever he's talking about the quality of life because living forever and you have no quality is eternal hell which we know is not but that's what it is you if you want eternal life is talking about the quality as well as the time essence and so he's saying what can I do to find the peace and joy that is promised in God's world I, I, I you know I'm doing all what's the missing ingredient because I'm young I have health I have good looks I have influence because I'm a ruler. I have power because I have money. Plus, I have religion because I'm I'm in the remnant. because I'm in the truth. I have it all. I have everything that you're supposed to have, but there's something missing. What is it? Now, Jesus has to work with him because the first thing Jesus has to tell him, and that's what this session is for. Just establish this. We have to change our definition of what is good. Have to do it. As long as we stay with the old definition, we could talk about Christ in us. But until we change this definition, we'll go right back to works. And it'll be about us doing it instead of Christ in me. What goodness? So here it is. And he thinks he says, what good thing he thinks. Goodness is in doing good things. Jesus is going to show him that goodness is in a being. And that being is not you or me, that being is God. But here's how, he has to meet him where he is. And so he tells him this. And he said to him, why callest thou me good? There is none good. Got to hear that. Jesus said it so you can't argue with him. There is none good but one. That is God. I don't spell my name G-O-D, neither do you. All right. But if thou wilt, but now, since you think like that. Let me meet you where you are and then lead you where I need you to be. But if thou wilt enter into life, the life you're talking about, keep the commandments. Oh, see that? You we, we say, that's right down my alley. That's what I tell you. you have to keep the commandments. Well, let's look at it. Here's what he said The young man said unto him, All these things have I kept from my youth up. I wish I had time to get into that because we actually think that we're keeping the commandments. There has never been anybody, ever, other than Jesus, that has kept the commandments perfectly. You can't keep them. The only reason why you can say you keep them is because of Christ in you. Other than that, we're gonna go on. Let's go on. But I don't want to stick to. It. He says, "I've done this from my, from a little real youth." see, he's talking about legalism. Letter. I, I, I made shoes. My shoes was shine before the sun was set. All my clothes were hung up. And when, when, when the Sabbath came in, I was sitting still and praising the Lord in holiness. I, I thought <laughs> I was there. And when I got there, all, all the works, all of the things we focus on to be holy instead of the person. Let me just say this much. In a lot of homes, the Sabbath from sundown Friday to sundown Saturday is a hectic time. We're trying to make sure everything's come on, stop. Get it. Put it. Stop. Let's get up. Come on, let's get to church on time. Come on, get this up. Come on, get ready, ready. Hustle and bustle. And then we're making sure we don't think any thoughts that are ours. Don't say the wrong word. And then when the sun sets, we say, ooh, now nah, I can relax and <laughs> rest. <laughs> And we call it a delight. <laughs> now, I'm saying, I mean, now, you may not have this struggle. It may not, but, uh, but I'm t- I am I, I did. And I'm telling you the truth. I was looking at my watch as a pastor. Is the sun gone down yet? Because I'm, now I'm sincere now. I was sincere. And if you really understand where I'm coming from, that's where you are, too. You may not know it. But anyway, let's go. Let's go. So Jesus said unto him, if thou wilt be perfect, because now he's asking the right question. He said, what do I have to do? But now he says, what do I lack? Once Jesus told him the definition of good, there's only one good. It's not you. So there's nothing I can tell you that is good that you can do to be holy because the one who is good is God and not you. But nevertheless, since you don't think like that yet. Let me meet you where you are. Keep the commandments. I've been doing that. What's wrong with me? Now I can talk to you. Last night, the young lady said, we need to understand our need of God. We don't understand our need of God because of the way we have been taught and think. And that's why we're still here. Oh, Lord, you know, I don't need him like everybody else, cause I'm pretty good. I need to straighten the world out. So let me be busy in telling him when we tore up from the flow up. Now, Jesus said, "If you want to be perfect, go and sell that thou hast and give to the poor, and you shall have treasure in heaven, and come and follow me." Oh Lord, let me hear him move on this. His answer. Now, if you're in the works, you're looking at the first part. Go and sell that that has. Oh, my goodness. I mean, the good thing is I got to get rid of everything and, and just become poor. And, uh, oh, I don't think I can do that. That's what the rich young ruler thought. And that's why we say, I used, when I read that before, when I even asked pastors, you say, Lord, please don't ask that to me because I'll fail too. Please don't ask me to be that To get rid of everything I'm already poor, give to myself because I am the poor. <laughs> Uh, uh, Is that all right, Lord? You know? No. He said, in order to follow me, you have to surrender all. I'm going to get to that. And we're going to get deeper and deeper and deeper into that. Now, we say surrender, but very few of us understand it to the depth of what Jesus requires, where it's not I, but Christ. No I, no I. Only Jesus. Now, how do we get there? How do we get there? Okay. Go and sell all you have. Start with that. Remember, because I'm going to lead from one step to another. This one is the go and sell. Go and sell is really the fourth commandment. I'm jumping way ahead. I hadn't planned on telling you this. But I'm telling you ahead of time when you're wondering, what does he mean? We're going to see. It's going to follow the laws. Starts with go and sell. That's the crux of it. Then you're going to see that that falls into the law of the spirit of life that's in Christ. Then that's going to fall into the law of service. And the law of service is going to fall into the law of God, which is the fourth commandment, the Sabbath that will seal us. And that's what each session is going to lead to. And I encourage you as far as you possibly can, attend the meetings you will never be the same after you apply and hear what you hear in this meeting. Trust me. Okay. Jesus said unto him, "If you come and follow me. That is, let me move on. I, I, I got to move because it's But when the young ruler heard that saying, he went away sorrowful, for he had great possessions. Now, when he went away, he didn't stop serving God. He still thought he was serving God. Only on his righteousness. He said, why do I have to do all that? I'm good. Because I'm doing all the right things. Okay, maybe I wanted a little something extra because I don't have the joy and the peace. I I have to be serious about that. But, who, you know, I got to bear my cross till I earn the crown. I'm not going to earn, I'm not going to have joy here on earth. I'm going to have to bear my cross. Well, the Lord says in me, your joy will be complete. Better than the joy of the sinner. Because he doesn't know joy. He only knows excitement. All right. Now, so really, the Lord is really not asking us to give up anything. He's asking us to receive everything in him. For in him dwells all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. And in him, oh, my goodness, we are complete. There are so many times we defy that because of our flesh. I'm jumping ahead back because I want to really get some things into you to let you see, even if you don't, if you don't make, make another one, at least get this much. See, here's one of the things we say. Well, I have to hurry up and find you a mate so you can be complete. Mm-hmm. And we all feel like that. That's the way we feel. Because we are born incomplete. Why? Because we're disconnected from God. And we try to fill that God-sized hole with people, places, and things of this earth because that's how the flesh understands and operates. The flesh, and you're going to hear this deeper and deeper and deeper, does not trust God. I don't care how many times you baptize it. I don't care how many seminars you attend. The flesh will be the flesh, and it has to to die, and the only one who can kill it is Jesus. But when the young herd heard that, he went away sorrowful. Why? For he had great possessions. Why do you need possessions if you have God? You know why you need possessions? Because the flesh wants to be God. And the flesh needs money, the God of this world, mammon, in order to have false power. Because money... It's power in this world. It's the devil's kingdom. And if we don't have money, we can't live independent of God. But if we have money, we can pray and act like we're dependent on God. But we write a check because we have the power. The world has given it to us. And the test is going to be when you no longer have the power and all you have is God, who will you serve? It doesn't matter what you know intellectually or theologically. It's how you've been practicing in your life. And there are certain things that we have been doing and it's built into our system and our teachings that keep us walking in the flesh. And it doesn't mind if you talk about keeping the Sabbath holy because he knows, the devil knows, that this flesh cannot please God. And as long as we are in our flesh and don't do the one thing, I don't care what we do or how holy we do or what good thing we come up with next. That's why we're always adding and that's why we mess with the pillows because we're doing all the right things and we still don't have the joy. We still here. So we start messing with the truths. and well, something's got to change. Yes, you. Amen. Not the truth. Okay. Here we go. Let's move now. Oh, let's go back. Let's go back. He says you have to. So the key is in come and follow me, because it's saying if you want to follow me, there's a first step. Oh, remember that because we're going to come back to it. First step. First step is not following me. The first step is surrendering to me. We're going to see that and we're going to show you what that means. First step. We're going to see that in the spirit of prophecy, which I call the inspired commentary. It's not the Bible, but it is the inspired commentary on the Bible. So when I go to that, I know that what it says about the Bible is 100% truth. Amen. Now, if you have a problem with that, you're gonna have a problem with me. I don't believe it's the Bible because I'm gonna use the Bible text first, then I'm gonna show the commentary goes right along with it. All right. So now, 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 let's go. Oh, help me, Jesus. Help me, help me. So he says, come and follow me. Now, Jesus tells us how to in another one, in Matthew 19, 21. He says, Jesus said unto him, if thou perfect, would have said that. Come and follow me. Now, Luke 9, 23, here's what Jesus said. And he said unto them, talking about his disciples, to them all, if any man will come after me, ah, oh, here it is. Let him deny himself and take up his cross, deal and follow me. Now, let me, let me go quickly in this. When we, usually when we talk about denying ourselves, we're talking about gritting our teeth. You remember the young lady said, that doesn't mean you're going to get your teeth and say, oh, I'm going to stop. I'm not going to do that. Just say no. (laughs) Because if you know to do right, oh, here's another scripture. See, when you understand this, everything changes. All, everything becomes new. He says, well, to him that knoweth to do good and doeth it not, to him is sin what is doing good. I hope you listen to the definition of good first time. Yeah. See, we say the fourth commandment, keeping the Sabbath. We got to make sure they get to the Sabbath. That's the good thing. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. mm I know that's our evangelism. Rich and increasing. Well, you got to, and that, see, oh, I can see. The good thing is, I'm going to give you an example. I did a, seminar. This is what God revealed it to me. The like, Lord God has always been working me through this ministry and helped me to, as I was doing it, to say, I'm going to have to teach you differently from what you've learned. Truths are the same, but the way, you've, way you have uh, approached them has been wrong. He here's, said, here's, 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 now, Lord told me this. I, had a, I did a seminar, and there was a couple that passed the salivate over. They were young. They were like the rich young ruler. They were young, professional, loved the Lord. Good looking couple. I said, "Oh my goodness, Lord! If I could just get them, because that's an asset to the church and build on that kind of thing." The younger, you're going to have children. They're going to train them. Oh yes, yes, yes. They were eating it up because they loved the Lord in their church. They loved. They were first. They spoke. We say, oh, "Well, they don't know the Lord." Yes, they do. God said they my sheep. And when I call, when I, when I, when I call them, not when you plan your sick week section or whatever. You may just plant seed and water. Stop worrying about the increase. That's my business. Oh, but that's our business. We measure all the time, and we measure success. But, and God told me that earlier. He said, Greg, success is not in numbers. Success is doing what I told you to do. You might not get one soul, but as long as you do what I told you to do, Jonah, then it's successful. So we take the story of Jonah and say, well, he baptized 120 souls. Not one person became a Jew. How'd he baptize 120,000 souls? Nobody came. That's why Job was mad. He like us. He said, I did evangelism and I didn't get a soul. And that's not good. That's why he's pouting under the tree. And that's how we are. And and, and so here they are. They said, when I told them when we got to the Sabbath, they said, pastor, we want to talk to you. And they were eating it up and loving it. They said, we've learned more in this. And they told me that. They said, we've learned more in this session than we've learned throughout the entire, whatever. He said, but here's one question we have you: Are you telling us that if we don't start keeping the Sabbath now that we heard it, that we're in sin? Now, I asked the many leader after this, what should I have told him? And every last one of them said, you know the scripture, to him that knoweth to do good and doeth it not, to him that's sin. Now, folk, if we applied it to ourselves, nobody would make it because none of y'all are doing everything, you know, to be good, even if you think you are. What is the good thing? Here's what I told him. This is what the Lord told him. And he gave me inspiration. Do, and that's when I came into clarity. But he made it crystallize. He gave me the answer on the spot. I said, no, I'm not telling you that. Here's what I am telling you. That what I have told you, everything I've told you is the truth, the whole truth and nothing but the truth. The second thing you need to understand that evidently God wanted you to hear it because he sent you here. Now, here is the good thing. I didn't tell him, I didn't say this is a good thing. I just said. it. Now, here's the, but this is the good thing. Now, what you need to do with that is you go home, you fall prostrate before your God because you're dealing with eternal salvation and you ask him, what do you want me to do with what I've learned? And whatever he tells you, Do it. They didn't get baptized in my series, but I believe I'm going to see them in the kingdom. But that's between them and God. I did not beat them over the head and make them feel that if they didn't start doing what I think they ought to do when I think they ought to do it, that they were in sin and make them walk away feeling guilty because they were the kind they had a connection and they would have said, You a liar. I don't believe what you say because I know I have a connection with God because if somebody told me because I have a walking somebody told me if you don't do if you don't start speaking in tongues, you don't have a relation with God. I say "Uh bye. Bye. I don't want to hear from you again. You can't tell me anything. I don't trust you. That's what we do. And it's built on. A premise, the flesh. Because it makes us feel good when we can say how many souls we baptize. And most of us follow the guru, how many souls did he baptize? A thousand. Oh, let's hear him. What about you? You are an evangelist. You can have just as much power as I can have. Because you serve the same God and the Holy Spirit in you is just as powerful. And once you understand this, you're going to do evangelism 24-7, and I'm going to show you how, and we're going to get up out of here. We're going to get up out of here. We're dependent on a man-made system too much. It's time to let God take control of the rain. And in order to take control of the reins, he has to take control of our lives because you have the power. The power is not in me, one man, preaching. The power is in the church coming alive and being about God, bidding the 24-7. And with these truths, you can do it practically. Please hear me. Okay. Ha! Huh. Where am I in time? Somebody here because I gotta need to know. You, you still 25, 25. Pretty good. Okay. Here's the, it. He says... Now, let him deny himself. That's not talking about you gritting your teeth, using strong words. No, 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 no. Here it is. He tells you right here. Take up your cross daily. This is how you deny yourself. Take up your cross daily. What happens when you do this? Lose your life for my sake. When you take up the cross, it's not about bearing burdens. Oh, I got to carry my crown and one day I'm going to carry my cross and one day I'm going to earn a crown. What good thing must I do? No, the cross is not for carrying. The cross is for dying. And the way you die is with Christ because you cannot kill yourself. If flesh kills flesh, flesh is still in control. So when you deny, oh, I'm just not going to do it because I know I read it in the health message that I shouldn't eat that, so I ain't going to do it. Now, God will give you the strength to do that. So when it's Christ, it's right. But most of us are doing it. And the way you can tell, I'm going to show you at the end, uh, uh, well, in the next session, we're at the end, how you can tell you're doing the right work. How you can tell. But, you know, most of us are doing it by willpower, human willpower, not God power. Not by might, nor by, but by my. Say the Lord. Now, if you want to argue with somebody, don't argue with me. I with him. He said it. I'm just a messenger. All right. So he says, this, and every day, every day, every day, every day. Not just one time in 1902. I gave my life to the Lord. Well, I'm, what about 2015? Yesterday, this morning. Every day. And you're gonna find that's the only thing I can do every day. The only thing, this one thing I do. Okay, see, we're talking about, well, I got to make a lot of decisions. You won't have to make but one decision. Are you going to let Jesus take control of your life today? That's the, once you make that, then Christ in you will do the rest. It won't be you and you won't take the glory. So when somebody asks you, they'll know by your speech, you'll start talking about Jesus. They say, them folk are Christians because all they talk about is Jesus. Jesus saves. That's the gospel. Jesus saves. And if you come up with anything other than that, it's anti-truth, anti-gospel. If I can do any one thing to save myself, if I can do any one thing to help the Lord save me, it's a lie. I listen when people say... Here's what you have to do. And my ears say, because if I hear anything other than surrender your life fully to Christ, and I'm going to talk about how to do that. I don't care how good it sounds. Well, you have to study every day. That's a result. If you focus on the result, guess what, who does it? You. And then we feel either egotistical because I study more than you. I spend not just two, one hour, I spend four five. You're wasting your time. The Pharisees did that. They did it so well. They did They know when you quote a scripture and you didn't put a the dot over the I, they said, you're a because I, I know that scripture well. You didn't pause at the right place. And these same people killed Jesus because they didn't know him. Why hasn't Jesus come yet? Because his people don't know him yet. And he delays it because he's not willing that any should perish. Especially my people. I love them. In time, I got to work with them. I'm going to bring that truth so they can get it because they don't have it yet. They rejected it back in 1888 when I tried to show it to them. And I'm going to bear patiently with him because there's going to be a remnant that will hear this thing. (laughs) I'm passionate about this thing. It's time to go home. here it is I am crucified with Christ nevertheless I live yet not I but Christ lives in me he lives in me and the life which I now live in the flesh yes I'm walking you see me in the flesh but I ain't going by it's power because Jesus, I'm giving him permission to do his work. I'm doing the one thing I can do. Every day. I'm saying, Lord, fix, save me from myself. Save me from myself. Because I'm full, I'm full of sin. My flesh wants to be God. Crucify him. Kill him and don't let him come up again. It makes me sick. I'm sick of myself. I want only you, Lord, only you. And the closer you get to him, the more that cry will increase because the more sinful you will see yourself to be because now your eyes are clear. Listen to this because this is a key phrase. And you're going to get into that when I deal with number five on how to be sealed by God and not receive the mark of the beast. Because it's that they keep the commandments and have the faith of Jesus, not just faith in Jesus. Faith of Jesus. That's the only way you can keep the commandments. And you're going to find that out. That's required in the fourth commandment. That's why it seals us. We're going to see it in the a, in a, in a few. So wait a minute. Wait a minute. Keep me on course, Lord. Okay, here we go. I am not I, and the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God. His faith, not mine. His righteousness, not mine. His power, not mine. His, 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 not me, who loved me and gave himself. Now listen to this. I do not frustrate the grace of God, for if righteousness come by the law, Christ is dead in vain. How do you think righteousness comes? By obedience to law or surrender to Jesus? That's what you have to live. We teach. Well, you got, you got, what a, what a, well, you got to keep the commandments. Uh, that's the result. That's the result. You have to surrender to Jesus. And as a result, in time, it may not be in your time. But if they, if they do that, Jesus will lead them all the way. You're not the savior. He is. You're just the messenger. And the solution to all of our problems is Christ in me. And that's what makes us GYC. Christ in me. And it's always and only about him. This one thing. Now, folk, you know, you've been taught to do a whole lot of things. And make a whole lot of decisions. Every time you get, well, I gotta make a decision. No, you have to say, Lord, help me. And make the decision in the morning. I'm gonna deal with that more practically. And, you want, and guess what? You only have to worry about making it for the rest of the day. You do it in the morning like Jesus early. It's like being hooked up to, you know, we like battery religion, battery righteousness. Get charged up and then run on it apart from God. Then we get wound down. And we say, I got to come to Wednesday night, prayer me, and get pumped up again. Why can't you come pumped up? Amen. So when you start testifying, it gets awesome in the place. Amen. And the Holy Spirit moves and falls all over again. Hmm? That's what happened at Pentecost. We drag in and we say, well, then I, then I can make it. I get wound up, get my battery, then I run into Sabbath, and I got to get it pumped up again. Even if you go every day, are you going to get pumped up? Are you going because you already was wide? And the wiring said, let's go to church today. Talk about the goodness of the Lord. Fifteen. Oh, wow. Okay, 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 okay. All right. Christy, let's move, let's move. Oh, because I got to get some. Ha, I love this, man. This is, I'm telling this is why I know this is inspired of God. You will never see a definition like this uh, anywhere else, ever, but it's right on target. I'm not quoting all of it. It's, you have the handout. Most of the handouts have the fullness of all these quotes. So you got the quotes there. The first step. Now, I'm gonna tell you, this stuff is deep, folks. People use spirit of prophecy to come up with all kind of legalistic stuff. Because they really don't deal with that. They, you see what you, the way you think. They don't see the surrender quotient in it. But it's all through it. Once you get into it, you start seeing, oh, this surrender all the way. Look at this. The first step, the first step in what? The path of obedience is to do what? Surrender the will to God. In other words, you can't do anything until you do that. Then the rest of it, and the rest of it, then the next step becomes evil because it's God all the way through it. And it's not you. And It'll be at his pace. And that's why you can be in Christ and be holy is guaranteed because once you're in Christ, oh, I'm jumping ahead. You're going to see why I said I'm not going to get to that. But anyway, the first step is a path of obedience, is to surrender the will to God. Then it's Christ and not you. And Christ has power. Hmm? All right. Now, 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 let's go to the next one. The warfare against self. I'm quite sure on both of you. This is Review and Herald, October 9, 1894, paragraph 6. I got to remember to say those things so it can be in the tape players, if I, don't do, if I don't tell you the source, remind me to, to quote the source. Here's This is taken from Steps to Christ, page 43, uh, paragraph 3. The warfare against self is the greatest battle that was ever fought. You're talking about fighting. You don't fight sin. You fight. And the way you fight self is a right here. Here's how you fight it. The yielding of self Surrendering all to the will of God requires a struggle, but the soul must submit to God. What's that word? Before it can be renewed in holiness. And your speech will betray you. Because if Christ is doing it, you'll say it. So when you say, when people say, well, what do I have to do to the first thing? You start talking about Jesus and you'll tell people how to give themselves over to Jesus, not what they have to do to be righteous. Because if you give yourself over to Jesus, he will renew you in righteousness. That's the only step we can make. Let me just say this much. Your faith and my faith is always mustard seed. It's enough faith to get to Jesus. Once you get to Jesus, then you will have the faith that will conquer the world. Because your faith and my faith is not sufficient to do that. You and I have a measure of faith. That's in every man. It's enough to get to Jesus, and that's all you need to do. The rest, once you take that step, and then you got enough to do that, then Jesus, his faith, said, now, you stand out. I'll carry you through. I love him. I love him. I love him. Okay. Now, let me just say this real fast, because people say, I don't know how to surrender all. They think that surrendering all means you're going to give everything. You don't know everything to give. You're gonna, it's a growing process. When you surrender, you're gonna, the Lord says, I'm going to give you what you can handle. There are many things I have yet to tell you, but you're not able to bear them. But when you let the spirit of truth come, he'll guide you. Surrendering all, the way I surrender all is I give him permission to take control of my will. That's my control center. When he has my will, he has everything of me. But you know what your will has? All kind of desires and goals and dreams. Oh, I want to be married in two years and I want to have a raise a family. Give it to Jesus. Well, I'm scared because Jesus might say, I don't because now here he might want me to be single, and if I'm single, I can't be whole. That's a lie. I'm miserable right now. Yes, you are. Why? Because I don't have a man. No, because you don't have the man. <laughs> I used to do the same. I didn't realize until God let me learn that. I don't have time for that story. But I got a book written. I've had written several books, and one is dealing with how surrender makes marriage better. The single life, uh, the single life, a blessing if that's where you have to be. And and and, and no no no, divorce a blessing. That's it. Divorce a blessing. The, uh, marriage, be- how marriage makes marriage better? Because if you don't, well, anyway. And, this, and divorce, a blessing, if you have to go through that. And guess what? The first, the first couple, the Lord said, end it. The Lord said, end it. The Lord said, end it. And Adam didn't want to do it. And we, we're in this case. because We said, well, it, it said, the Bible says, uh, let no man, let no man. Yeah, let no man. But God is God. He said, you can't decide because I'm God, but I put you together for a purpose. And when I see that that purpose is not going to be accomplished, when I tell you to let her go, let him go, let it go. And therefore, why can't he do it? He said, I can't be happy without this woman. This gift is so good. Yeah, it's good because it came from God. But once it stops serving, God it ain't going to be no more good. I can't do it, Lord. I can't live without this woman. Okay. Choose her then over me. Okay, I got it. Now you got to it. It's this woman, Lord. She the problem. She did it. Tell me. I thought you loved her. Lovers of God. Now, our love is selfish. Sister said last night, we have to learn how to love God. Bless me. You can try, you can try to love God all you want. Grit your teeth. God is love. If you don't know him, you don't know love. You know self-love, but not selfless love. The only way you're going to love like you should love is do the first step. That's all you can do. You say, well, I'm going to love the Lord the way I should. I heard that story, but I'm going to do it. Yeah, right. The Lord said, you're going to deny me three times for the cock crows once. And you will. All right. Now, come on, Gregory. Let's go, man. Okay. Okay. The Lord said this is a vital principle. It, it, here's what you need. The supreme love of self must be surrendered, must be surrendered. That's Isaiah of Ages 519, paragraph four. I don't have time to read all that. He said this one thing lacked, but that was a vital principle here. But look at this. This is the key quote. To those who, like the rich young ruler, are in high position to trust and have great possession, it may seem too great a sacrifice to give up all, that's surrendering, of your will, in conduct, no, to, in order to follow Jesus. But look at this. This is the rule of conduct for how many? So he's saying the same thing to you and to me. Same standard. Same. Who would become his disciples? Nothing short of obedience, and it's talking about the, the, the first step is the, the obedience we require. Nothing short of obedience can be accepted. This is what the obedience is. Self-surrender Listen to this. And this is what this seminar is going to be all about. And you're going to see it is going to make truths that we've heard in the past with a certain understanding become new. Especially when it comes to the fourth commandment. Serenity is the substance. Get this. The substance of the teaching. All the teachings of Christ. It is the substance of all teachings. And if you understand it, then you can understand the teaching. If you don't, you're going to go off. And that's what's happened to the church. And Jesus is talking to the church. He's saying, I know you think you're rich and of goods. You don't even know your condition. You're wretched. You think because you keep the commandments and all that, that you, you're saying, I'm rich and of goods. I don't have need of nothing. I don't even need it. I mean, yeah, I, don't, I can do it. I know the truth. I can do it. I'm going to keep the whole. I'm going to do this. I'm going to finish the work. I got to get this guy. I'm i I'm i I'm i I'm a. And he's standing outside knocking. Can I get in my church? Can I get in? And his, and his message to us is repent. Repent of what, Lord? I've been keeping the Sabbath. I do this. I pay time. Repent of self-righteousness. I never knew you because you don't come to me. Substance of my teachings. Often it's presented in enjoined in language that seems authoritative. Go and sell all you have. Get rid of it all. Ten. But it's talking about surrender, folk. Give it to Jesus. It's the substance of all his teachings. It's the gospel. The gospel. And until we practice it, we don't know the truth. For the truth is a man called Jesus. We may know the facts. Seven days of Sabbath. That's a fact. Truth is, Jesus is the rest. And you don't have rest until you know him. That's the truth. All right. Often it is presented in a joint language that seems authoritative, but there is no other way to save man than to cut away those things which entertain will demoralize the whole being. And the only way to cut it off is to surrender you so he can do his work, save sinners like me and like you. And when he does, your speech will say it, and you'll talk about it. Okay. Oh, wait a minute, wait a minute. Let me get this. The that is Desire of Ages, page 523, paragraph 3. Let me roll here. So Christ in you, the hope of glory. Now, it says, to whom it is. Now, let's go with this. So y'all know it, and I want to I present it and so it, it is deeper impression. To whom God will make known. With the riches of His glory, to the to, of this mystery among the Gentiles, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. That's the only way you can preach this gospel. That's why it's waiting. Christ in you, not about you on your lips. Christ in you, the hope of glory. That's the only hope. And then it says whom we preach, and it tells you how to preach. The only way we can preach it. Warning every man, and teaching every man in all wisdom that we may present every man how perfect, where in Christ Jesus. And then notice what it says. Whereunto I also labor. That's see, we do it. all of us, this is work. This is the work. Hear that word really good because we're going to deal with work. All the work we're supposed to be doing during the six days a week. What kind of work is it? Is it holy work or unholy work? We're going to get there. Okay. But so these are building to it. Where so I labor, work, striving according to who's working. who's working. Ain't nobody working today but Jesus. I'm not doing any work. Catch these things, because I'm going to bring them back hard. Who's working when we preach Christ, when Christ is in you? Not I. But he's working, and he works mightily. And when I preach and when I talk about it, it's power, because the power is not human, it's godly. Striving according to his working, which worketh in me mightily. Why? Because I take the first step every day and that's all I do. For he will finish the work, Romans 8, twenty eight. For he will finish the work and cut it short how? Because a short work will the Lord make upon the earth. Where I'm in time, I'm, I can wind it up, I can stop it here, or I can just... Eight minutes? Who? Here's what I'm going to tell you. I'm like Paul. Paul was about a lot of things. He said, I count everything else done, that I might win Christ. I just want to know him, the power of the resurrection. I'm determined to know nothing among you save Jesus Christ and him crucified because that's where the gospel is. If you don't have that, you don't have the gospel. You may have some facts, but you don't have the truth. And notice what he said. For Christ sent me not to baptize, but to preach what? Our focus is on baptism. His focus is on preaching the cross of Christ. Why? Because in it is the gospel. This is how we spread the gospel, folk. Not by Teaching people that they have to keep the Sabbath and convincing them that they have to come out of their church, which is Babylon, and come into the truth. That's true physically, but spiritually, they're not in Babylon. They are in Christ, and Christ said, they're mine. I just need to get them. The f-. They already got the truth. All I have to give them some facts. Seventh day of the Sabbath, and when I call them, when I convince them, when it's time for them to come, and sometimes he doesn't delay. He said, my church ain't right yet. You just hold on. I'll get you over there at the right time. Right now, you don't go, cause if you go, you'd be so turned off, you'll never come. Just hold. I'll get you when the time is right, cause you mine. And when I call you, when you hear them teaching me and lifting me up, when I when you see me in them, you know you know you know me. And you say, I hear him. I'm coming. Cause all I need is some facts. Now, if you don't know the truth, now you can be in the church and don't know the truth, but you got the facts. Something did sap. That's a fact. But I don't know the truth because Jesus ain't Lord of my life. I haven't entered the rest. I'm busy working it out. Said so when you see you can't work it out no more, you're going to run. But those who know me, when they hear the truth and they see me, they're going to come. So if you don't know the truth, I don't care how many facts you know. You can know 2,400 days. You can know, you can know the 27 beliefs and, and still be lost because you can't do it. And when you can't find a way to do it, you say, well, Lord, you make up some kind of excuse where you think you're still serving like the rich young ruler, but you'll walk away. Anyway, so for the preaching of the cross. Says, so listen, I got to end with this. Not with the words, wisdom of words, all that eloquent preaching, lest the cross of Christ should be made of none effect. Because that's where the power is. For the preaching of the cross, not Jesus bearing it. And people tell me, well, like I'm going to end with the cross. So I'm preaching the cross. So we, 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 we deal emotionally. And that's true. I mean, you know, we say Jesus died. And he did. But guess who else got to die with him? Do we go there? That's where the power is. Not just Jesus on the cross. Must Jesus bear the cross alone and all the world go free? Oh, no. There's a cross for you. And there's a cross for me. And until I get there, I don't know him. For the preaching of the cross to them that perish foolishness. Right. Right. But unto us which are saved, it is the power of God. I'm going to end on that note. Dear Heavenly Father, we are but dust. We're sinners born that way and will die that way if Jesus doesn't take control of our lives. We're desperate, Lord, because you are our only hope of glory. We have no other options. There is not one thing we can do. There is not one human thread in your righteousness. Father, if we don't have Jesus, we cannot be saved. We as a people, Lord, have not understood that fully. You told us we are the Laodicean church. The good news about Laodicea is that we are your people and you will straighten us out. We don't have to go out. You're going to spew out those who will not hear this thing. There is no more movement to move to. This is the last one. Feeble and defective though it may be, it's yours and you're going to straighten it out. And the trouble will do it. Because those that really don't know you, I don't care what they know intellectually, they will flee. They will get up out of here. And the church will roll on. Help us, Father. Help us, Father, to be in the number that's on God's side. And speak to us through these series so that we will never be the same again. In Jesus' name, We pray. Amen. This message was recorded at the GYC 2015 conference called Chosen Faithful in Louisville, Kentucky. GYC, a supporting ministry of the Seventh-day Adventist Church, seeks to inspire young people to be Bible-based, Christ-centered, and soul-winning Christians. To download or purchase other resources like this, visit us online at www.gycweb.org.